Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. I'm your host, Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. This ministry exists to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to do three things. To pray for our elected officials and our nation regularly. To vote in every election to impact our culture and to engage in some form of civic education or involvement for the well-being of our nation. So thankful, Bunny, for what you do. A lot of people talk the talk, but you really walk the walk. I love it, love it. Love teaming up with you, Bunny. So excited about what you're doing and the people you're reaching. And And I will stand and lock arms with this woman of God, Bunny Pounds, any day of the week. Bunny, you are a new hero of mine. America is worth it. Now is the time. America needs your involvement. Please take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Join with a movement of other Christians that are doing these three simple things that can really impact this nation. Join us. everybody. It's Bunny Pounds with another episode of Christians Engaged. I want to thank our partners at The Stream for being an integral part of our lives here at Christians Engaged and putting this podcast out more to the nation. And I want to thank our friends at Edify app, Christian Post, for having us a part of their podcast family. We're talking about leadership this month in the month of February, cultivating leadership for America. We need leaders in this time. We need Christian leaders who can walk with God, who have discernment and wisdom in this hour. And I want to encourage you that you are that leader. You are the one that can make a difference in this nation. And so if you are feeling burdened right now for your city, your county, your state, or your nation, um, God wants to use you in this hour. So we talked about business last week with Howard Partridge. We talked about being a leader in our companies, in our families, in our communities. Now we're going to talk about what are we looking for in leaders for elected office? What are we looking for even in ourselves if we're thinking about running for office? And I could think of no better person to talk to about this subject than my friend, Senator Bob Hall from Texas. Senator Bob Hall is a state senator in our great state of Texas he was elected uh, not too many years ago, uh, took office in 2015, but was went through a, a, an amazing race in 2014 that we're going to get into a little bit, a contentious Republican primary against an incumbent, beat an incumbent with over a million dollars in his bank account and beat him by 300 votes, the Gideon Army. Senator Bob Hall has been an amazing, courageous hero in Austin, in this state, uh, fighting back Uh, for moral principles and biblical values in so many areas. And I'm just excited for the nation to meet him. If you guys are not in Texas, you're going to get to hear from a great man of God who loves God and is serving in public office. So, Senator Bob Hall, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you, Bunny. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me on uh, today. Well, we're excited. Um, You know, Christians Engaged, as you know, is encouraging people to pray, vote, and engage regularly. And sometimes engagement leads us to the really the belly of the beast, which is running for elected office. Um, You were a retiree, and you and Kay were just excited about doing mission work and 
going out and sharing the gospel. And all of a sudden, you caught a vision for America that I don't think you ever saw coming. Can you tell us a little bit about that beginning? I sure can. And you're right. I never saw it coming because I was uh, I was one of the masses of, a, of, a, of an apathetic when it comes to politics. Matter of fact, today, I still consider myself a recovering apathetic on po- politics uh, because it's a continuing process to stay involved in it. But uh, no, I had uh, God had messed with my life a number of times, and uh, it took me quite a while to realize that he is in charge and I am not because he never once asked me about the major changes he made in my life that all made sense uh, about the time I ended up starting to, well, actually, after, it, it all started making sense after I got elected the first time. But I never intended to live in Texas, but I married a Texan. She brought me to Texas, and the timing couldn't have been better because I she brought me here just as the Tea Party was started. And just out of curiosity, I went to the first Tea Party that was held in our county, Van Zandt County, by our mutual good friend, Doc Collins. And at that meeting was a man giving a presentation on, on the book, The 5,000-Year Leap. And I heard things I'd never heard of before. As a matter of fact, I was even oblivious to the fact that states had governments. Uh, but I listened to what it had to say about this group of old white men. You know, average age was 44 of them, and so, the three of them were under 20. Um, and uh, they took a, a, a real deep dive into creating a republic by reaching back over 5,000 years. That's how the book got its name, looking at various republics, picking the best parts of those republics and blending them with biblical principles to create one of the greatest documents ever written. Paul's uh, it in the Declaration of Independence fall right after the Bible, in my book. They were both inspired by God. There is no doubt in my mind that both those documents were inspired by God. But uh, that got me interested in, uh, gee, our country has really drifted a long way from what our founding fathers had intended, and that is a government of the people, by the people, and it only works with a righteous people. Um, I believe it was John Adams that said that. Uh, But... um, but then uh, just a few weeks later, somebody handed me a book uh, written by Tom Brokaw called The Greatest Generation. And in that that book was written about, that's about my parents, my aunts, my uncles, the folks who raised me, the folks who lived through the Great Depression, took on the two mightiest armies in the world. And when it was all over with, we didn't conquer anybody. For the first time in the history of the world, what we did was liberate the people of those countries, we exported American liberty to them. Uh, there was a time when women changed their lifestyle, came out of the homes and went into the factories and worked. And But when it was over with, uh, everybody just kind of went back to work. And we had God in our schools, God in our governments, God in our courts, God in our homes. Uh, we had a little, little bit of debt for the war, but we spent wisely. And, uh, and then they handed off the country to my generation. And what did we do? We took God out of our schools. We took Bibles out of our schools. We took prayer out. Teen pregnancy went up. Divorce rates went up. The family started falling apart. Groups started growing, trying to destroy the families, destroy our our religious beliefs. And I realized that I was about to become, be, be one of the first generation of Americans to actually leave a country in worse shape than what we'd inherited it. All the previous generations had made great strides forward. Ours had made great strides backwards. We allowed technology to destroy uh, the family. 
Uh, we had just allowed so many things to creep into it. And so it, it was really a guilt trip that God put on, on me for it because I was already planning on uh, uh, doing uh, mission work because, uh, uh, you know, the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about retirement. Right. So there's no instructions there for retirement. We are not, we're expected to take the life that God gives us and serve him with it until he decides to, to put us in our next place. Uh, this uh, in there. So I got involved with the tea party. Uh, we were very successful uh, in some of our efforts. Uh, one of the major changes that I think I helped make was to get the focus off of issues and onto people. Because as we kept uh, protesting issues, it became obvious that we have most of those issues because we have, don't have righteous people in office. So 2010, we worked real hard uh, to get more righteous people elected, turned over about 23 seats in the Texas House. And the next election, uh, our senator uh, from the area was up for election, and nobody knew that realized that he was the most liberal uh, senator in Texas. And uh, but nobody was willing to run against him. I tried to find someone, spent two years talking to people, trying to find someone to run against him, and no one would do it. And as time was running out to file for the election, my wife, Kay, and I, we prayed about it, we talked about it, and uh, came to the conclusion for a time such as this, if not us, who, and if not now, when. Now, funny as you know, she would tell you, yeah, I prayed, I prayed he wouldn't go do this crazy thing. But uh, she's all on board now. But we did put it in God's hands. And uh, and somehow uh, we had uh, all the right people show up at the right time to give us the help we needed. I knew nothing about campaigning. Uh, I didn't even have a campaign manager per se. Uh, I ordered three books off of Amazon on how to run a campaign. And But people who knew what they were doing would show up. We didn't raise much money, about $16,000. Uh, to his half a million he spent in the primary, but we got into the runoff, and um, and then uh, in the runoff, more people showed up, uh, and we won that final vote in the runoff, as you mentioned, by 300 votes, exactly 300 votes, not almost 300, and that night, my phone rang, my text messages I got from friends, it said, it's the Gideon win. It's the Gideon win. Because we had over 30, look, right around 30,000 votes cast, and God gave us 300 to win by. And that's when I realized clearly that it was in God's hand. And that's when I really made the commitment that this was I was going to be serving God first and the people next, and that I would go to God every day on my knees and ask for his wisdom, his courage, and his strength to tell me what it is he would have me do. And so that's how I got started in this thing. Um, and um, Well, and it, it's been an amazing ride to watch you. Uh, for full disclosure, um, after Senator Hall won that race, uh, I had a consulting firm at the time, and we were able to help him for a while. And it was just a, a blessing to walk with you and your wife, Kay, Bob, and get your campaign apparatus even going even further after that. Um, but one thing I've loved about your service and why I want to talk to you about leadership is you're very secure in who you are. You, you know who you are in God and that's translated in that. You're just not afraid. You're you during COVID, you were educating people all throughout your district and really all throughout Texas 
on, you know, how to protect their families, how to make sure that they were staying well. Um, you were speaking out loudly against a lot of the lockdowns in our state, whether people agreed with you or not. Um, and, and you've just been consistent on social issues, fiscal issues, things that the church should care about. Where do you get your security and your identity from? Well, I get it. I get it from really. It's uh, I, I was put here. I, God, God made this choice uh, for me to be here, here, and I know that I am here to serve Him, serve Him first, and that He will never. As <laughs> it's interesting because I have a a plaque that sits in our kitchen in the condo here that Kay got the first week we were here. And it says, the will of God will never take you where his grace will not protect you. And so I see that every day as I leave to head up to the Capitol. And, and I know from that that it, it doesn't matter who, who I may make mad that day or I may talk about something they don't agree with. Uh, and that's happened numerous times that, that I, because I ask God for his guidance to know and do his will. And so I say, you know, God, I'm counting on you to give me the words. So when I open my mouth, it's not me talking. Uh, you're talking through me. And so that being the case, I know that he that that I'm only going to be responsible when I end this life for my actions. I will not be responsible for anybody else's actions, what they do, what they say or what they don't say or what they don't do. I'll only be responsible to God for mine. And so I feel as long as I feel like this is what God wants me to do. I'm okay doing it. Um, so, and and that's, that's the key, Senator, because as you and I both know, there's people even within your own party or people that you get along with great that don't agree with you on everything, but they have to make those decisions for themselves and they have to go to sleep every night being okay with their decisions um, for their life. But one thing I've loved about your service and you and you serve your district has you know, a whole bunch of counties, like nine counties in East Texas and then part of Dallas County, is that you've been consistent about talking to everybody, everybody in your constituency, whether they agree with you on everything or not. And you talk to them with respect. You're very forthright on what you believe, but you keep the conversation open. And we saw in this last election, you got huge amounts of votes from areas that I thought you would never get in this this district. And I and I have to say, I believe it's because you've kept that open conversation with people. How do you interact with people that don't agree with you on everything? Um, and how do you how do you work through all that as a believer? Well, it's, um, it, it, it's a vision that God gave me in because I was asking that question, you know, how am I going to deal with with this? And, and he revealed to me that uh, it's not that, I, that we disagree it's so much is, is that we have a different viewpoint. And people come up and will take a position on it based on what they know. And I do the same thing. I, make, I, I come to a decision based on what I know. That gives me my viewpoint, whether it's a, you know, with a, you know, a biblical basis, and some people have a worldview basis and, and different things, but they have different experiences. And and so I found that uh, early on in my conversations with folks that those folks that when I was using the word disagree before I became I said to to a different viewpoint I realized that ninety nine percent of the time whatever the conversation was I actually learned something. 
something from what they had to say from their viewpoint. And that led me to recognize that this job, the other part is I'm realizing you have to know almost everything there is to know to do this job. And I don't know everything. And so I am open to learning on all of this. And so actually, every time I talk, I invite those people who have a different viewpoint on the subject to come talk to me, to call me and talk to me about it. And not that they're going to, you know, not with the idea that uh, I want to change my mind. I want to know all the facts so that as we go forward, I'm making the right decisions. That, that was that was one of the things I learned at the Citadel about making decisions when you don't have all the facts. And, and I learned in business that as an engineer, that when you make decisions without all the facts, you're going to have problems later on. So I just try to ma maximize the broadest possible understanding. And, and I can tell you, my position on some issues have changed over the year. I have, and I have no qualms about changing my position when I learn something different. Now, that's different than changing my position to please more people. That I will not do. Right. I, I will not change my push, position in either how I talk about something or, or my things on just to attract votes. I mean, in fact, I've made the promise, the folks there, my second promise, the first one was go to my God every day on my knees uh, and ask for his guidance. My second one is that I will not change my principles, values and principles by which I make a decision on voting just to garner more votes. I, I abhor the idea of a party having a bigger tent by watering down its values just to get more people wearing the same costume. That, to me, is not what it's about. It is about following biblical principles and, and sticking to those. And I, I will stick to those so that if the constituents uh, move to the left or, or away from my principles, I have to elect somebody else because I will not take a vote just to stay in office. Well, and that's why we love you, because you're a principal leader that's not controlled by a mob. Um, Senator, what should we be looking for in our leaders when people are looking at who they should vote for, whether it's city elections, primaries? And, you know, with Christians Engage, we're pushing people to vote in every election. And we built the only 501c3 get out the vote system for people of faith in all 50 states now in America to get the body of Christ to vote in every election in this nation. What should we be looking for for in those candidates and leaders as character traits that you think would help them in elected office? I think probably, the, first of all, a, a biblical-based person, a person who truly believes and accepts the Lord Jesus Christ and, and operates on Judeo-Christian values. That, that that is obvious as a part of their life. It's the person you're electing. It, their position on border security or election integrity or child support or anything like that are, are really secondary to who are they because you are electing a person and they are going to do who they are when they get into office. They're not going to be any different. And so you're looking, looking for a person that after you listen to them for a while, a very short period of time, you ask your question, do I think this is a person I can trust? Is this a person I think I could like? Because if, if you can't like them and you can't trust them, 
Why in the world would you want them to be in office, no matter what they were saying their position was on a particular issue? Because people have a way of changing their position. We've got plenty of folks that will run around saying, oh, I'm a Second Amendment fan. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-Second Amendment here in Texas. I mean, and, and yet they are very reluctant to vote for almost every second bill that protects the Second Amendment. So what's most important is the character of the person. Because they can learn, they can learn policy. They can learn by studying and reading, but they're not their character isn't going to learn anything in there. So it's it's character. Can it, you trust them? It is character. And and you we've seen people go on the floor of the House of Representatives there and literally switch votes because a donor called them on a cell phone or they tell somebody that they're gonna do one thing and they do another. So, you know, if you can't trust your own colleagues, if the constituents of that district can't trust that elected official, we're in a heap of trouble. And so those are not the people that we want in office. Um, My final question to you, sir, is how has your relationship with God changed in elected office? Um, You know, it's got to be really difficult to have all the pressures on your time, on your schedule, on your family um, your, even your financial, <laughs> you know, issues. I mean, you are a, a volunteer, pretty much legislature. You get paid very, very, very little in Texas. So you're spending, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week on a almost volunteer job. How, how has that pressure cooker of elected office, uh, strengthened, uh, your relationship with the Lord? Oh, it is no question. It has, um, it, my walk with God has gotten a whole lot closer because I know there are more steps that I take here that I don't really know what is the right one to take. And so I know that if I'm going to depend on myself to make those decisions alone, the chances of me making the right decision are pretty slim. And so it has drawn me a whole lot closer to God in, um, in how I look at people, how I listen to them, and how I, I look at things and and, and make decisions in asking him to, to guide me. Uh, and it, that started back when I first ran and, and I started to tell God that I'm, I was running for office and I was going to need this amount of money and I'm going to need these, this and that and the other. And he slapped me upside the head and said, you, you think you know more than I do. You're going to tell me what you need. And that's when I realized that no God, I, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I, I'll, I am done with that. I'm just going to ask you, that at the end of it, and this was before I ran the first time, is if I don't win, I don't want to be bitter. And if I do win, I don't want to become arrogant. And I will just let you tell me what to do when I should do it. And I'm going to take that as uh, your guidance to me because I'm, I am not smart enough to figure it out on my own. Tell me when to listen real careful to other people uh, because that's one of the, the three things that we can actually control is who we trust. Uh, and so knowing who to believe and who to question what they're having to say uh, has to come from a little tickle from God. Uh, and so that that has gotten me a whole lot closer to him because I hear a whole lot of people that I don't know whether to believe what they're saying or not. Well, we have to dig into God to have any discernment or wisdom in this hour. I mean, the noise is so loud, whether it's media entertainment, um, I mean, all throughout our culture. And so, you know, we're encouraging people, Senator Hall, as you know, to really spend some time 
with the Lord in his word to get discipled in that that holy Bible, because if we don't know the word of God, it's going to be really hard for us to dive through all of that, those voices. And, and so that's why I love your story that you had that developed relationship with the Lord and his word and the call of God on your life before you pursued elected office. And I believe that that's held you together even through the last decade. And thank you, sir, for your service. As we close out today, would you pray uh, for people right now that are listening to us around the country that have a heart for politics and government as believers? Um, They're searching for their place in that. Um, You know, I want to encourage everybody to take our salt and light curriculum, how to impact your local community our Austin 101 class, our on-ramp to civic engagement. But as they're getting educated, to just pray for them that they will find their place on the wall like Nehemiah. Would you do that for us? Absolutely. Let's let's bow our heads and our hearts to our Lord. Unto Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for all of our many, many blessings. We thank you for this great country you've given us. Uh, We thank you for the foundation of biblical principles on which it was created. And we just pray for your guidance and direction, Lord, that we would better understand what it is you intended for how our country is to be governed and what are to be our principles and values for for a righteous people. We pray, Lord, that you'll put it on the hearts of those who are righteous to rise up and put themselves out there to recognize that service to their country is, is service to you and service to each other. Show them, each of us, what it is you would have us do to do our part, because our country, our form of government will not exist in an unrighteous uh, environment. and But it also will not exist if the righteous stay hidden. And we have to move beyond the old adage there, we don't mix a religion and politics. God, you know, but by the way you founded this country, that the b- biblical principles are foundational to it. And we're not going to allow the government into our church but we certainly need to have the church and the people who are running our government. And we provide your, pray for your inspiration for those who are inclined to do so, that you would show them what to do and how to do it. And we pray that we go from here today out as we go about our walk through life, that others would see you through us and what we say and do and come to know you and you get all the credit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Lord, I just want to pray for Senator Hall and for Kay, his lovely wife, and and for our Texas legislature. Lord, and and those of us that are in the state of Texas, we pray for our our Texas Senate, our House, our governor, our lieutenant governor. God, we pray for these men and women, regardless of of, of party lines, God, to hear your voice, to do what they need to do to protect the people of the state and to protect Um, the values that we all hold dear. And Lord, uh, for those of us around the country, Lord, we pray that we would lift up our state legislators, that we would hold up their hands, that we would encourage them at the same time that we hold them accountable. Um, And Lord, that you would show us our part as a voice in that space. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Senator Hall, we just love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for um, teaching us about cultivating leadership. And as we close out this podcast, I just want to remind you guys, you know, not only do we have the get out the vote system for the body of Christ, where every church and ministry can partner with us and get people to vote in every election, but we also are building an on-demand video curriculum library that is unmatched. 
I want to encourage you, take our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar. It's six and a half hours of how to get involved in civic government. And our new product that we just released in December is called Salt and Light, How to Impact Your Local Community. We drill down with city, county, school board, public education, how to get involved in your Rotary Club, your Chamber of Commerce, your Homeowners Association. Man, we cover it all. Because as the senator will tell you, we have to develop local leadership that can then go and, and run for these places of, of authority in our state legislatures and in our federal government. So get involved, check that out, and we will see you next week with Conversations with Christians Engaged. Thank you, Senator. Thank you for having me. God bless you in all that you're doing, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible podcast. What in the time we've had. We love you so much. We love being in your life. Have you subscribed? Have you shared this with your family and friends? Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your audio or video pods. We need your help. This mission is undergirded by individuals just like you that support this ministry monthly, annually, and whenever you think about us to be able to reach over a million Christians in the next two years. That's our goal. We want to empower a million Christians around America to pray, vote, and engage regularly. Will you help us? We're here to do that, and we need your help. I want to say thank you to our partners at The Stream. What an incredible online publication put out by James Robinson and Life Outreach International as we come together across denominational lines as believers to discern what God's saying about the news of the day and to hear from different viewpoints. Check out the stream, make it your homepage, and get on their email list. This product is amazing. Also, our partners at Edify app, put out by Christian Post. This podcast app is a convergence of Bible teachers around America. We're excited to be a part of Edify app check out all their other podcasts. Thank you so much again for caring about this nation. We're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. We'll see you next week.